Psalms chapter 12. Deliver God for the godly have disappeared. People of integrity have vanished. People have been lying to one another. They flattered and deceived. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that boasts. They say we speak persuasively. We know how to flatter and boast who is our master. Because of violence has been done against the oppressed because of the painful cries of the needy. I will spring into action, says the Lord, and I will provide the safety that you so desperately desire. The Lord's words are absolutely reliable. They are untainted as silver, purified in a furnace in the ground, where it is thoroughly refined. Jesus, you are our protector. All our hope is in you, Lord. Bring your shelter, Lord. Come down into your pavilion. Almighty One, with my whole heart I bless your name, with everything that is within me I give you praise. Will you stand up with me? this morning higher than I. My soul pants for you, Lord. My soul cries out to the living God. Look down on us and smile, Lord. You're radiant, Lord. Your glory, Lord. You're holy, Lord. Who is like you, Lord? Lord, 
have your way with us. only a little while 
hill of the Lord, the mountain of his peace. My Lord, my judge, my king, oh, the author of my breath. What is man that you would think of him and fill him? woke up like this morning by the Lord and he said this to me he said the substrate which means something is beneath the surface inside of man has been mechanized and man has lost their dynamic and they become a static being according to the law and I want you to let me have your mechanical substrate. <laughs> I want to have that and give you me. I want to give you grace. I want to give you truth. For the law came through Moses, but grace and truth comes through the man, Jesus Christ. And then we have to come out of agreement with the mechanical nature of the law. Some of us have said, well, I can't deal with the law, so I'll go for lawlessness. And God would say, go for me. And let me take your being and take you out of a, me a mechanical way and make you dynamic. And let my spirit flow through you. But you have to let him. You have to take off all your judgments about yourself and about others. For the law brings judgment, but Jesus Christ brings grace and truth. And I say to the Lord, purify us, Lord, and make us burn. Make us burn with holiness. But you got to let him, because God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit will not mess with you. 
don't let him. And so you say, Lord, I was created for more than this. I was made for you. Have your way with me. And now he'll come to you. And he'll make up his abode with you. And he'll transform your mind and enrich you. For it has not yet appeared what you shall be. Just let him have his way with you. And just let him say, Lord, if you want, I'll let you. I want the mechanical way off of my nature. No, I want to flow. I don't want to be under the curse of the law or the static sword. I want dynamics in my life. is this way, the very love of God is pure and holy and righteous and true. I long for you, Lord. Mercy triumphs over judgment. There's no condemnation. I receive you, Lord, and everything you have for me. I want you, Lord, more than my very own life. I need you, Lord, more than life itself. Come, richness, Holy Spirit, have your way with us. Flow up into the heavens. You were created for love. Go, 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 go.
Tether yourself to him, the eternal, the one and only.
Psalms 12, verse 5. I will rise up, says the Lord, and I will provide safety that you so desperately desire. I will rise up, says the Lord. I will give you the protection that you need. I will provide what you desire. I will put you in deliverance. The one who pants for me will receive deliverance. My soul longs for the Lord. And when it does, when I set him as my highest reward, I will place deliverance on you. No one else. A lot of times we're looking for someone else to deliver us, protect us, provide safety for us. But the Lord says, I myself will do this for you. For the one who pants for me. The one whose soul is drawn up into me, I will give you deliverance. I will put a hedge of protection around you. I will make you safe and secure you. The one who pants. The enemy's objection is to get us to look at someone else, to get us to look at ourselves. And God says, pant for me. Come unto me, all that you are weak and heavy laden, and you will enter into the rest, the rest of your soul, all the turmoil, the pain, the troubles. I'll give you rest. They're not your solution. You're not your solution. The soul that pants for me, that longs for me, that sets me as your highest reward. I say my soul pants for you, Lord. They're not your solution. I am, says the Lord. Don't set them as your object or your objection. Set me as your greatest reward. My presence will go with you. I'll protect you and safeguard you. Bless you. Come, come to the Lord. Come up into the heavens where He is. My soul wants you, Lord. I'm tired of the objects. I'm tired of the objections. I was created for you, Lord. I was created for you, Lord. Panel soul, panel soul. Breathe, 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 oh soul. Breathe for him. I breathe you in. My soul's longing for you, for you, for you, for you. Hedge of protection around you. Let go, let 
Everlasting love. An extended mercy. I'm undeserving of your kindness, Lord. And your life is better than my life. Why do you love us, Lord? Lord. You don't owe us a thing, but you freely give us all things. Some of you need to hear this from the Lord. He keeps saying this over and over to me. That even if you fall, even if a righteous man falls, he will rise. Even if you tripped and stumbled in your journey, you will rise. Even if you let everybody down around you, seven times, you will rise again because he has risen.
haven't done this in a long time, but the Holy Spirit is telling me to do this, and I want to honor Him. If a foreigner, like a foreign, seems like a foreign object to you, or a foreign something has tried to interact with you, in a, and you need to let it go, and you, something that doesn't seem to sit right with you and you want to like offload it it seems like it keeps on messing with you and the word tells me he's like tell them if if they want to that if you're dealing with this in the, in the air force we called it foreign object disposal we had to do a fod check on the flight line before aircraft would take off because it suck up the fod it was something that didn't belong there. And it's interfering with you, this, this reality of rest, that you're meant to walk in every day. The yoke is easy, the burden light. I'm gonna give you an invitation. I've never, I've done this and so on, I don't know. But the Lord said, uh, tell them to come here right now. I wanna off, I want you to get rid of your foreign object. I want you to let it go. I wanna invite you. If, dealing with something. Don't be embarrassed or anything. Let the Lord take and lift the burden off of you. It's okay. We all deal with things. Yeah, come here this morning and let the Holy Spirit. Your act of movement is an act of faith. It's an act of trust. I need to let this go. It's, it's messing with me. It keeps coming into my consciousness and keeps hurting me. It's violating who I am. It's interfering with who I really telling me a different story. I want to let it go. If you're thirsty, come. How can it be that a little movement like this can make a difference? Yes. It makes a difference. I've come so many times, Carol. I've moved before. Let the Holy Spirit, who has wooed you here today, who has called you and elected you for his very own purpose by grace, liberate your soul of the foreign object that doesn't belong there. All deception that's born out of rejection. I'm made to be
you feel led, just come up and uh, pray for others and lay hands on each other. Just love each other. We're a family. Just give.
God's design was for us to live eternally like this. The lie of the enemy is he loves me, he loves me not. That's the lie of the enemy. And he has set his love on you and he will never stop. Where we've been failed and where we've failed, God never fails. I love what Paul said. He said, and describes the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says he's faithful. And when the soul looks at him, looking at you, looking back at him, you receive his faithfulness, and thereby, that is the great mystery of godliness. That by looking at God, Looking at you, looking at him, you're like him. It says that in John, it says, and when we see him as he is, we shall be what? Like him. Think of this. Then it's all got to be about seeing him. It has to be. It has to be God's gaze on us, gazing at him, gazing at us. That's the revelation. That's the mystery. 127 times in Scripture, Paul says that I may be found in him. Everything's trying to knock me out. 40 stripes minus one. Stoning. Being kicked out of the synagogue. Vacancy. Shipwreck. Everything's trying to come against my, me, you, to get you out of being in him. That's enough. But that I may be found there in him. In him I move. In him I live. My whole entire being is in him. It's the dynamic. It's the true dynamic. It's not rigid. It's not, it's not even logical. It may not even be emotional. It's his spirit.
You've been hit on the left. You've been hit on the right. It's meant to just jettison you into him. say this and it, it's textually correct but one of the things that has mm, been a hindrance to so many people is, is that when God moves in your life and you let him there's a permanency to the transaction that he makes with you it's a life that remains. You say, well, Carol, I, I went back into the same thing again. What happened? Go to him again. And a new component of his divine nature will remain. And go to him again. And his life will remain. Look only at him and be declared righteous now. Now. The standard is you've already attained. Well, I was trying to get approval. That's religion. You're already approved of. Well, someone else doesn't approve of me. So what? He does. Because of himself who lives in you. This is the standard of God. I can argue against that. Where the fruit of the Spirit is, against such there is no what.
Paul said if he, I, I missed this last week, and I feel like this every week. He said, if I lose my mind, it's for God, but if I find it, it's for you. <laughs> I was trying to find it. It's like, so, I'm like, where are we at? You know, it's dipping into the word of God today. And so, <laughs> I lost my mind. If I find it, it's so that you can put something together. So I, I do want to jump into the text this morning. The text is so beautiful. I honestly don't understand why anybody wouldn't want to be immersed into the text. I, I got to be honest, this text is so life-giving. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the life of the Word. And it is so beautiful as God illuminates our understanding and, and Him found within the text. Amen. Romans chapter 11. I must be among a mature group because I don't believe that the Lord really authorizes Romans 11 very often. I'll be honest with you. I wanted to preach Romans 11 like 12 years ago. He hadn't let me. And then so last week when he said, I'm going to let you preach Romans 11, I was thrilled because that thing has been so messed with doctrinally and, and examined, I think, maybe wrongly for the Holy Spirit to be able to authorize preaching. In Romans 11, well, we're on to something. You know, that's past Romans 8. You know Romans 8? That's a progression. And I thought, why won't you let me skip back to Romans 9? You know, because really to get the text of 11, you really need 9 through 11. Uh, because after you get into Romans 8, there's therefore now, right? We all know this one, don't we? We, the spirit-filled believers of God, we, we know Romans 7. Everybody knows Romans 7, right? The thing I don't want to do, I do. And then we heard that sermon preached in Romans 8. The manifest sons of God on the earth. That creation was groaning in travail until the manifestation of God's elect sons would rise in the earth. That's a pretty amazing message. But when the Lord says, oh, just jump ahead. I said, man, who am I speaking to, Lord? The elect. You know what he told me this week? The Holy Spirit came to me and he says, my predilection is your double predestination. No, he said, the Father's predilection is your double predestination. You know why I could say that to you? Because you're ready to hear it. What is predilection? I had to look it up because I didn't know what the word meant. Predilection, it comes from the idea that I previously chose you before I picked you ahead of time in advance I predilected you have mercy you want stabilization of the human soul John 13 let me help you with this John 13 Jesus he's going to go and wash his disciples feet and you know what it says about him it said that he knew that he came from God and then he was going back to God. 
You know what that is? <laughs> Confidence. <laughs> Jesus was stabilized in his human soul from as far as the east is from the west. He knew that he had been predilected for double predestination, that he had been elected in the Father outside of space-time. Austin was telling me this morning, he said, the Lord's been teaching me how to relate to him outside of four-dimensional space. I said, oh, glory. You know what that is? X, Y, Z, T. That's four dimensions. X dimension, Y dimension, Z dimension, T. You know what T is? Time, right? The Father, Son, Holy Spirit are outside of 12 dimensions. They created them. And if you could take this, so are you. <laughs> You're finding it out. And there's things that are happening in your life that are trying to destabilize that predilection for double predestination in your life to tell you a different narrative or a different substructure and get you on that narrative so that you will not believe the narrative that comes outside of time and space, the narrative of the Father. And we, in this hour, we must, we must, and you know, we must have the stabilization of the human soul that God chose me in advance before time began and double predestined me into the love of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. Did you know that every great awakening, I studied the awakenings? Because, you know, once I studied them, Whitfield and Edwards and those guys, they were teaching election and predestination. And back then I was like, I want to do that. The Lord's like, when you know it, I'll let you say it. Because God doesn't want a messenger that doesn't carry the message inside. He don't want some bifurcated nature. He wants reality. God wants heaven on earth, right? The Father's pleasure was to predilect, to choose you in advance before you even entered into your structure of the soul or life body that you're in right now. And Jesus knew it. And it says he knew it. And so he could wash his disciples' feet. He could serve even though he's master and makes himself lower. You see the humility of Christ. His humility is not trying to be pompous or, hey, guys, you know who I am. He washes their feet. He serves. Why? Because he knew who he was. He knows who he is right now, seated at the right hand of the Father, ever leaving to intercede on our behalf. He knows who he is. The greatest reality of the human soul is to know who you are in Christ and in God. That is the greatest reality. And everything is trying to tell you a different narrative structure. Take the narrative of the Father's design for you. I uh, so I'm woke up, let's see, Monday morning, maybe it was Tuesday morning, 5 o'clock, 4.30, Lord, wake y'all up too in the mornings. Your soul, you're still, you don't have all these things going on. I have never experienced this before in my entire 46 years of life. God comes into my bedroom, and the stabilization of God comes. It was like every judgment and thought process that's running, it was like we had went non-com on radio frequency waves, 
There was no RF energy. There was no energy that's going throughout our whole entire world. It was like no texting. There was no concepts in anywhere other than his own, I don't even know if this is the right word, perennial goodness. I don't know that word. Maybe J.D. knows. But it was just everything about him was good. And I knew that if God was to knock the whole earth off its axis and destroy the whole thing, I knew that I was in him and he was in me. I, I knew something I've never known before. Why? And I said, oh, it's you. No, there was no confusion. There was no idea. There was no thought. It was just the substance of God. He's not worried about anything. He's not concerned about anything. I thought all of our concerns and whatever we think and all these things, they weren't even existent. They were non-existent. I can't even give like, I said, Lord, like he said, this is what I want my people to know. You're concerned and troubled about many things that are not even worth troubling yourself over. You have anxiety and fear and emotions that don't even, they're, does God care? Yes, but was, is he something other than, well, we're, you know, okay, we got to get this done. We got to fix this thing. We got to do that thing. It wasn't, it didn't even exist. And this is what he said to me, Romans 11, 36. And he said this to me. He didn't say Romans eleven thirty six. 36. He said this verse to me. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. And y'all finished it. So be it. It was like everything had already been settled. It was done. It was complete. It was, it was founded. It had already happened. You know, the Lord, he has this way of like just getting right to the point. A lot of times if we meet somebody new for the first time, we begin to tell our narrative story, right? Because we got to build a context. And, you know, you've heard me say that any text without a context is a what? It's a pretext. Imagine God as text. He doesn't need a context. God is. I, um, years ago, I was asking the Holy Spirit... I remember I'd read um, Knowing God, J.I. Packer. You know this? J.I. Packer, Knowing God. Anybody else? Have you read J.I. Packer, Knowing God? Okay. And Packer says that he asked the Lord for a revelation of the Trinity. And I remember, I remember that night we were staying at Kara's family's home in Monroe, North Carolina, and they had this little couch outside the bedroom, and I, the kids went to bed and everything. I got down on my knees, and I said to the Lord, I said, if Packer can ask for a revelation of the Trinity, I can too, right? If Packer was like knowing God in the Trinity was so important to him, and he was such a, an amazing writer, amazing speaker, I said, man, if he's asked for that, 
Well, I'm going to ask. And so I got down on my knees beside the couch. I said, I want a revelation of the Trinity. Just like that. Just. And so that night, you know, we go to bed and I, I fall asleep. Now, we were on the second floor. And you know how sometimes on second story houses, there'll be a roof line, but it's, it's not a complete story. So you put in what's called a knee wall. It's usually four to five feet tall, but it's on the sides. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And a lot of times people use attic space and they can go into the attic through the knee walls. But, you know, you can't necessarily stand up against the knee wall if, unless you're four foot tall. <laughs> but um, a lot of times what they'll do in those spaces is they'll put a window in it, like in the gable. Y'all know what I mean by gable? And in this window or in this gable, there was a round window. And in the window, it had something that I think is called lights. Is that right? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? It had like a strip of uh, plastic that's inside of the double pane window. Like you've seen these in window glasses, like a grill or something like that, but it's in there. And so it's above our, our head where Karen and I are sleeping. And so I'm a sound asleep. And I don't know if you've ever been awakened out of sleep, like, instantly. I'm not usually, like, awake, and I sort of wake up slowly. Or, you know, I begin to, oh, you know, I come awake. But some people, you know, maybe you're awakened instantly. But this night, I'm not like that. Yeah, I forgot what time it was in the morning. But all of a sudden, I'm instantly awake. And the Lord speaks to me. He says, look at it. And I look in front of me, so... The window's behind me. I look in front of me, and there's three circles of light in front of me on the wall. Because the moon had come down and hit that window at just the right angle, and it placed three circles on the wall. And he says this to me. He says, James, I think it's 117, in us is no variable or shadow of turning. We are light. And I said, oh, it's like light's coming through and then shines in three persons. And he said, and look at our central feature. Because in that window was a cross. And on the wall, in like, it happens at 30 seconds, and it goes, it's gone. Was three crosses and three lights. And I was like. Oh, my goodness, you know, I mean, I went to bed saying, Lord, revelation of the Trinity. And light shone through and light manifest in three persons. The next week, you know how the Lord is. He said, I'm going to lay this in for you. The Lord wants to lay, lay the doctrine of the Trini Trinity into, into you. I want you to know from, through, and to. And so that next week, I'm in a, a church. Actually, it's a Nazarene church, downtown Hendersonville. And I got permission from the pastor to go there and pray every day. I spend, you know, two to eight hours a day in prayer. And I'm led by the Lord to uh, Jonathan Edwards' work on the Trinity. Have you ever read that? Have you read that, Jeff? You read that, Gus? It's amazing. I highly recommend it. If you could take 
that century's teaching, and but I would t I would look at that document is it is amazing. Jonathan Edwards' work on the tree. I don't remember the exact title of it, but we can find it if you want to read that. And I remember Edwards' explanation of of the Godhead. I never forget this. He said God was like this. And, of course, every kind of analogy we give of God is going to break down, okay? So just bear with, Edwards, bear with me. He said God was like this. He said God the Father would do something. And like us, that when we do something, we would have a conversation with someone else related to what we just did. Anybody ever done that? You ever went and done something, and then you have a dear companion, friend, or somebody you could talk to, and you share the experience of that that you just went through? You go back and you reflect on it historically. And you say, hey, this is what I was experiencing. What were you experiencing? What, was, what did you feel? What, what were you thinking in that experience? And Edwards said that God, outside of time, is doing his work. But that God needs no, he needs no time to reflect because he's outside of time. And so that entire reflection of what God has done, what would appear historically, was the person of Jesus Christ. For from him, and now through him, and I don't know if you've ever experienced a conversation, some of them can go south, Historically, some of them can go really good. Sometimes when we've experienced something in time, what we would describe as a parenthetical, it's stop what you're doing, we're going to have a conversation, we're going to relate to this. Out of that experience would come some kind of emotion or reaction to it. When it's good, there's this delight and this joy that emanates from that conversation. You know what? That's the third person of the Godhead. That's what Edward said. And it was so relational. God the Father from him. God the Son through him. God the Holy Spirit to him. You see? Is everything. All things consist in that. In him. Everything. Were you coming here for practical advice on how to be a good Christian? Good. Because <laughs> that's really not my burden here. <laughs> Were you looking for three points in a poem? How about three persons? How about the greatest prose and poetry you could ever experience? How about actually being known? How about no consciousness of sin, Hebrews 10? I told some of you this. I met this preacher down in Greenville, big congregation down on the coast in Georgia. We strike it off in Starbucks. There's people all around us. 
And he says to me, he says, how are you dealing with Hebrews 10? He said, I'm going to have to quit my pastorate. I was like, dude, multi-million budget. It's like, that would be nice. Massive, massive, massive uh, receptivity and writing all over the nation. Oh, that would be cool. I, I just can't deal with that text, Carol. And because I'm a preacher of the gospel and because I can't deal with Hebrews 10, he said, I'm going to quit. What does it say? Listen to the word of the Lord. The law possesses a shadow of the good things to come. But it's not the reality itself. I want reality. I do not want abstract notions. I don't want ethereal nonsense. I want reality. You want reality? The law possesses a shadow and is not reality. It tells us of good things, yes. But the reality is not the law. Listen, it is therefore completely unable to offer up sacrifice continually year after year to perfect those who come to worship. For otherwise would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers would have been purified once and for all and so have no further consciousness of sin. You want reality. That's what Jesus' blood paid for. In those sacrifices, there's always a reminder of sin year after year. For the blood of bulls and goats will not take away sin. So when he came into the world, he said this, listen, sacrifice and offering. You did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. You want reality. Oh, man. Oh, there, yeah, I hear you, Lord. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You want reality. From him and through him and to him are all things. You want reality, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, setting up his abode with you. You want reality. There's your reality. Why? I thought if I sacrificed more, he would accept me. Well, you, you know in the Old Testament it says obedience is what? Say it out loud. It's better than that. I wasn't asking for your offering. I wasn't asking for your sacrifice. You know what I want? You know what the Lord wants? He wants your body. He, more, he wants more than what you can offer him and give him. He wants you. That'll preach. Oh, I am. I desire, I desire you. Hebrews 10. Did I say something different now? Okay, Romans, I went out of Romans 11 and went into Hebrews 10. Then he gets in, he doubles down on this. He says, whole burnt offerings, sin offerings, you took no delight in. Then he said, listen, listen, 
Here I am. I have come. It is written of me in the scroll of the book. I've come to do your will, O God. I was asking the Lord. He told me this week, he said, you know, I've had a problem integrating with man and woman, mankind. And I said, what are we going to do about this? You know, what are you, what are you going to do about it? He said, I've really had an issue. He said, you know, mankind keeps going back to the law. They keep going back to trying to get approval when I've already given it to them. I'm setting a crown on them, and they're throwing it out and say, I'll take, I'm content to play in the mud. I'm giving you the oil of gladness, but, but some people are in madness and sadness. He said, but I'm giving it to you right now. It's yours. Now. And I know you've heard me say this, but God's not looking to where. What is that? The past. He's not looking to there. Because Jesus says here. How could God, who's outside of space-time, be paying attention to there and where when he's here? Do you see what I mean? He says, here I am. You ever been around somebody that's not present while you're there? Have you ever been not present while they're there? Have you ever been somewhere else? You know what I'm saying? Because you're not here. I'm not, you're here. But what if you were there? What if you were where? Do you know what where is? Where is guilt? Do you know what there is? There is shame. Do you know what here is? Today's the day of salvation. Right now is a here, now reality. When I'm looking there or where, I'm not here. I'm setting, I'm setting an object or an objection. But I'm not present. God works in present right now. Because he says, here I am. Your desire is for me. You delight in me. From you and through you and to you are all things. <laughs> I said, Lord, how do you shrink that reality? Because I used to study it. I was doing all this math on it and scientific analysis. How do you shrink space-time? Because I was like, man, if we could get from through to, from through to, from through to, going. <laughs> He's like, right. From through to. Here I am, I've come to do your will. I'm doing away with the first, that which was based in the law, to establish in you the second. You want reality from through to you. Boom. By his will, not your will, his will. Listen, you got to hear this because he said, I've come to do his will. This is his will. Listen what he says in the text. By his will, we have been made, past tense, holy. Take it. It's free. Welcome to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Past tense, you have been made holy. Oh, man. 
Let it, whoa, get a hold of that. You've been made holy through the offering of the body of the man, Jesus Christ. Now, give me an experience of this, Lord. Right, that's what I was saying. I want to experience you this way. And I want to know you like this every day, from through to. The Lord said to me, he said, I want a shakan with your mishkan. Do y'all know what I mean? No, you don't. But some of you do. Shakan is light. With your mishkan is temple. I want to have a full integration of light with you. I want a shakan with your mishkan. I said, Lord, I don't really know. What do you call this? I was asking Tom and Janie yesterday, I don't know what to call this. Tevatron? Teva means anything that is not made with man's hands. Tron is kind of like, has to do with particles and acceleration. Help me, Lord. The deity, the deity, the uncreated God wants to have an interaction, full interaction with you. Tevatron. He wants to completely integrate his whole self with you. I said this last week. I said, think about the triple O. Omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. Think about a God who wants to completely take over you. Yeah, Tevatron. Think about him wanting to be fully in charge of you. That's a really good deal. The counselor. I've been going to a lot of counseling. He's right there in my ear. The word of God is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, the word which you speak. What? You mean he could tell me anything, everything, whatever? Yeah. He could put it through my mouth. Yes. He's all-knowing. Could y'all imagine such a thing? That God would want to make himself one with you. Yes. Yes, and so much so that you'll have to put on a whole entire new super suit. It's called glorified body. I mean, you're watching it in Marvel. Well, Marvel's, ugh, it's just went downhill. You're seeing it in the whole transhumanism thing that's going on in our culture right now, trying to break the genetic code so they can figure this thing out. The Lord's the only one that knows how to do that. I mean, mankind might try to figure it out, but God, do y'all understand what he's after? He's after full union with you. He wants to have full access to your body. He's not going to make you do it. He won't even tell you about it unless you hear a preacher. I mean, that's what it says in Romans 10, 14, I think. Right, and you're still like, what, what do you mean? There's a profile. There's a uh, matrix. There's a resume. There's a, there's a God. There's an ecstatic union. There's a theosis. There's a transfiguration. God made you for this. 
I said, Lord, I said, I, I don't know how to explain. Could you please, like, tell them? He said, I'm going to use you to tell them what I'm saying. Yes, Father. Tell them what I'm saying to them. I want full access. I want full access to your memory, your mechanisms, your substratum, your whole entire consciousness. Let me have it. I got something special for you. Me. From him, through him, and to him be the glory. Access my mainframe, Lord. Right? Get into my hard drive, God. Reset this Atari and make me a PlayStation 8. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to explain you. I was like, I'll use anything. PlayStation Infinite. I don't know. I mean, how many of you played Atari? You play with what the kids play today. Man, that game console has changed. All right, let's stand together. From, through, to. From, through, to you. Astronaut, galactic progeny. I don't know these words. Tevatron. Matrix. Whatever it takes. Ecstatic union. Theosis. Transfiguration. From. From the Father of Lights, from the Father of Lights, light, light, shakan, light, interact with my mishkan. Set your palace on us. Form out, create, make a place where your glory can dwell. Welcome to the Welcome to the era of the third temple. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where temple and palace are one. Rain down your doctrine and your dew from heaven, Lord. Integrate yourself with me. Not my will, but yours be done. I've come, here I am, to do your will. My will is your will. I'm not resisting you. I let my whole entire self be found in you. Off with the rebellion, off with the pride, off with my concepts. Take out the static substrate of my consciousness and put your consciousness in me. I want a consciousness that is free, that is liberty, that's free from sin. I want a consciousness that is a God consciousness. I was made for you. 
have your way again and again and again and again. I can't dwell in temples made with man's hands. It can't be your design. You gotta trust me and let me design you. I'm the great creator, the one who created you and made you and formed and fashioned you. Let me have your design. Let me have your narrative. Let me have your storyline. Let me create your storyline. Let me take you as potter. Let you be the clay. Let yourself be fashioned anew. Fashioned into something created for glory. A vessel of honor and not dishonor. You're spinning on the potter's wheel. You're spinning out of control. I can't do it, Lord. Yeah, okay, well, you do it. I am Tevatron. <laughs> yeah, your wheel, Lord.
May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Amen. Bless you today. Bye. 